ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest columnist. You ain't got to do nothing on what you ain't writing nothing. <laughs> no, you ain't, ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I know. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly. As soon as it drops, we're on a rampage. Just an insane amount of things to talk about today, including, let's see, we have a whole weekend of college football, which was riveting and fabulous. We have a, a whole uh, Sunday of NFL football, which, as someone who hails from Buffalo, New York, was pretty damn fabulous. Uh, we have... Um, the Grizzlies Media Day. Today, the Grizzlies return. So Grizzlies Media Day is today. We have uh, the Drew Holiday was dealt. So we have continuing uh, a fascinating activity in the NBA. Billy Richmond III finished his visit to the University of Memphis. We got the mayoral election this week. We had Ryder Cup, wild Ryder Cup scene over the weekend with Rory practically getting into it fisticuffs in the parking lot. We had a government shutdown that was averted. October arrived over the weekend when we weren't looking. Wildcard baseball is about to commence. The Michael Orr conservatorship was wrapped up. Just a million things that we have to talk about. So it's good to be, honestly, it's good to be back in studio. Uh, pretty much everything about being up uh, in our cabin is great. Um, but the show is better. I'm more comfortable when I'm in studio, and given everything we have to talk about, I am glad to be back. Jeffrey, it is, it is Grizzlies Media Day. Uh, today on the show, by the way, here's how it's going to work. We're going we're gonna to talk, Jeffrey and I, about some of those things, and then we're going to do the fight song roundup when we will celebrate those football teams that deserve to be celebrated and blow up one that deserves to be Blown up, probably because it was already blown up over the weekend. Chris Harrington will join us to celebrate uh, Media Day straight up at 10 o'clock. And then after that, we'll probably uh, focus a lot on the Grizzlies and the NFL, both uh, in the open segment after that. But it is a busy, busy, busy day for us today. And will be a busy day for the 
uh, radio station. Jeffrey, how are we handling Media Day? You look all snazzy, if Correct. I do say so myself. Correct. Snappy, I'm, I'm trying like to you're this, just fresh this out of O'Call. professional thing. Yeah. We will be, so I will be down at Grizzlies Media Day. We'll be conducting interviews, and then on Giannato and Jeffrey, we'll intersperse some of those interviews throughout the day, but we'll have complete coverage down live from FedEx Forum starting at 2 o'clock. Jeffrey is going to be the man uh, there getting sound, uh, asking all the questions. Have you, have you thought about – do you know who you're going to – like you probably won't get everybody, right? So, so who, do you know who you're going to get? So Ross wouldn't the, the – I don't know. What do we what, we, we call, we we call, call them, SIDs in college, but yeah, they're not. Yeah, we call they're them like, media, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 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 PR, I, I don't – the, yeah. the team media, he, he, he does a great media job. Media czar. If you're throwing the word czar at any Correct. point, although Laura may be the czar, he's maybe the vice czar. I don't know how So it we, works. What have you been informed He called of? me this weekend, and he's working on a schedule of, of, who to, of who we will actually sit down with. But, I mean, I, I, think, the, I think the first question was, is, was last year fun? Was last year fun? No. Because there were some great moments, but at the same time, like... No, last year, it, it, as we sit here, it's a remarkable. Because coming in last, from last year, if you, had been told, if you had been told that the team would finish second again in the West, exactly. you're like, damn, back-to-back. How about that? Plus uh, All-Stars and, like, everything else. Like, that would be magnificent. Uh, Jaron, Defensive Player of the Year, um... His first All-Star appearance. First All-Star appearance. Job back in the All-Star yep. game. And so. And, you know, there was the thought that this team, you know, they're going to take a step back. Like, they're not going to oh, yeah, that second wasn't in the real. West. No, yeah. no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. The back-to-back second in the West. Um, but let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen. Last year, big picture, this team went from the lovable, oh, my God, brash, gifted, Let's have a, a Nike sneaker, you know, Jaw Ones, all of that, to what an unlikable bunch of players. Correct. All talk, no action, no follow-up, gun-toting, stop partying, Jaw. Get over yourselves and do something before you act like you're God's gift to the NBA. That's the perception. And, like, front-running. Front-running. They embarrass themselves. Yeah. That, that's if you want to ask why they moved on from Dylan Brooks, it's because in a season when he was not the only one, indeed he was not the chief, uh, he was not the chief violator, offender. That was Ja. Yes. You're not moving on from Ja. Nope. And the the one who set up the public embarrassment that ended the season was Dylan. Mindlessly, for no reason whatsoever, after he had been told, "Listen, we're going to try to keep it, you know, between the rails here a little mm-hmm. bit," publicly antagonizing LeBron James and setting up the team for humiliation in the wake of that became the ultimate punchline. And you got to move on from the punchline. Yeah. And then, of course, Ja exacerbated it with yet another gun incident. I think it's a good question. Uh, uh, but you know what? I'm ready to look forward. I'm ready to look forward. And, uh, and that is what we do on Media Day. We've discussed this endlessly, what the biggest stories will be on a Media Day. 
And I think the biggest news item, well, A, you don't know. Like, exactly. You, you could go to Media Day and find out that Jaron ruptured his Achilles, right? Yeah. Like, I, you know, that, that presumably he didn't, and I'm uh, whatever, but like, there are surprises sprung at Media Day that you don't know and exactly. that we can't predict. The, the biggest thing that we can predict is some clarification on Steven Adams' health, right? Isn't that really like. It's there are things. I think Jaw's status, like what can Jaw was Jaw allowed to do in Stephen right. Adams' health? Yeah, and even Jaw's status is that's fine. Like it's good to get some clarification on that. But like, well, here's the truth: his status of what he can and can't do, like, is interesting, I guess. And we don't know that. Whatever else, the only thing that really matters about Jaw is his mental status. Like his status, how is he doing? All of that stuff, and they're not going to really tell you. Yes, agreed. That, that's the part of the status that is actually more important than, oh, can he sit at a courtside in an open practice, or can he practice with the team, or can right. he not practice with the team, or can he practice on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, but not to, like, what are the exact strictures of the fine print? Yes, I suppose that's interesting. What, is, what, what does the fine print say about it, what he can and can't do? What really matters is his mindset, his dedication to uh, being a better ver- the best version of himself, all of that, and in the end, you can say what you want to say. They'll say what they want to say. We'll read between the lines, but we won't really know. So the Joss stuff, the, the Stephen Adams' health is the most interesting, and the truth of the matter is it's less interesting if he's just fine. Like, like the, it won't be – Stephen Adams is fine won't be a, head, a big headline. Stephen Adams won't be ready for the opener would be a bigger headline. Yeah. Bad news. Travels Correct. faster. Uh, but so Steven Adams is the yeah. the biggest. Good, good to go doesn't really. Yeah. yeah, good to go is, I mean, that's great. Like, and that will clear up some, hmm, like, well, why, why is this going to go? Um, and then and then there are, and so then beyond that, Zaire Williams' health, significant. Um, and then beyond that, the interviews of Marcus Smart, because he's new and he hasn't done one in Memphis yet. Um, and so, but we did hear from him. We, we, we heard from him, uh, Drew Hill from the Daily Memphian was out there when he spoke, um, after the trade. And so we've heard his remarks, but we haven't, we haven't met him. The, right. Like the whole community hasn't sort of met him. He hasn't been here. And so that's, that's significant. And then of course, Derek Rose, um, this will be the first time he has spoken since he, um, signed on with the Grizzlies and, I think probably that is the least consequential basketball um, development, Um, but it will be a big headliner from today's media events because we haven't, you know, Derek Rose left here all those years ago and really hasn't come back, you know, really hasn't come back. And hasn't talked about his time in Memphis or whatever else. Now, as Chris has pointed out, he has had some uh, sordid moments since then, since he left here. It's not been all just glory and uh, triumph for Derrick Rose, who has not always comported himself uh, fabulously. It doesn't appear in his NBA career, but may have real significance as a off-the-court influence 
on John Morant. That's hard to predict how that will go, but in terms of what it really means for the Grizzlies, that's probably the most important thing he can do is help John Morant develop as a human being um, and someone who is dedicated to his craft. Um, does that basically sum it up? I think so, right? I mean, there's some questions, obviously, we're not going to get answers to and, and whatnot. Ah, rotational but, questions yeah, exactly. and that kind of stuff, right. Um, but it'll be good to see everybody. I like Media Day. It, it goes on endlessly. Um, but I'm going to go down there, even though I don't write about sports uh, exclusively anymore. Uh, I'm going to go down there, and we will be, as Jeffrey said, bringing you reports from throughout the day from Grizzlies Media Day, and we'll revisit this again with Chris Harrington straight up at 10 o'clock. In terms of the things that happened over the weekend, you know what, Jeffrey, I was thinking of you over the weekend because it seemed like... So I, I don't... I don't keep track of, of Jeffrey's bets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't go through and do the W's and L's. Mm-hmm. I just get an impression. Yeah. And my impression was that you had a hell of a week. We had another good week. You had a good week. We were, we were eight and five. My impression was you were, na- you were, you were nailing more than you were missing. Yeah, we're, we're, we're now over 500 for the year. For the year. Are and we up in terms of money or we, are we, we need, close? We need one more winning week. One more winning week, and, we'll and my investments will be yep. will be back in the black. So that's three straight winners. It felt like you know. I'm every time I looked around, I'm like, "Ooh, look at that, mm-hmm. Ole Miss! Damn, nailed that one." A and M is that one you nailed? Nope. No, 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 no. Didn't nail that one. Uh, Oregon State nailed that yep. one. Beating Utah, it just felt like a Syracuse nailed that one. Mm-hmm. I just every time I looked up, it felt like you were winning a bet, and so that was great. And then although the U.S. lost in the Ryder Cup. You're a Rory guy. Was mm-hmm. this, a, this was a great weekend for Rory or a bad one? How do you how do you look at it for Rory? Rory, of course, it's good weekend for the content. Um, I mean, he's the leading points getter. I mean, he was clearly he got four points. He got Rory got as many points yes as the three top Americans put together. Correct, and as many points as all of the captains' picks combined, as and as all of the captains' picks correct combined. So, and it was just a wild scene as. Patrick Cantley, who's, I believe, one of the people you hate, right? Not a big fan of his. Not a big fan of his. Uh, he and his caddy, Joe LaCava, yes. got into it with Rory McIlroy and injected some heat into an otherwise, let's be honest, desultory, boring, well, when it and started, not particularly competitive. When it started the way that it did on Friday, it's like it was basically over. And, I mean, if you look at the final margin of victory, they were up five after Friday, and they win by five. I mean, they basically won it. Was it. Done yeah, it was done and It was done. Yeah. And so there was there was drama injected into Correct. it because of all of this stuff, and uh, but otherwise, do you find yourself like I, uh, 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 if I'm going to have to sacrifice my my uh, citizenship? Yep. Um, you can you can let me know. I find I don't hate the Americans losing. The Amer- the, 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 the it, it seems the like likeable, the Europeans the more li- are if more like if you did not if you did not. If you Fact, put aside the flag. Correct. The more likable team, the team that has the the characters that you would rather root for is the other team. And they seem to care about it more. Not not I don't not, I don't even think that's I don't even think at this point that's even arguable. debatable. Yes. I mean it's not exclusively like Scotty Shuffler was weeping right with right, tears. But, like I don't mean it I don't mean it right down the line. But it's very obvious but that it means more. Yeah. 100%. 
So it means more to them. They're more likable. I don't I don't mind the Americans getting their ass kicked. The problem is like everything that the Americans try to do in response to like the European dominance Gen- really uh-huh. is everything Some oh, bratty. It just always feels like it's like Oh, well, they win because, like, they're friends and they like each other. So let's play with our friends. Like, we're going to play with our best friends. Like, Seems forced. Everything was like, no, they put teams together. Teams together together because of their friends, right? And then this year, it's like, we decided just to put a club together. Like, basically, everybody just wanted to play with their buddies. And so it's like, that's not why they win. And everything that, even like, even when America tries to, like, rally, when they were trying to rally behind Cantlay, it never feels authentic. It always right. just feels like it's just very forced. Anyway. Uh, all right, we got more bigger fish to fry. Friday, when we talked about the uh, – God, that Bills one was fun. Holy cow. <laughs> Aaliyah, got her, Aaliyah got her sweatshirt oh in time God. for the big game. I just had to interrupt. I, I, was, I was about to start talking about college football, mm-hmm. and then I I just I just had to I had to point out that, that – that uh, do you think I, maybe there were some overreactions after week one? I don't know what the rest of the 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 year will hold, and I suspect the Bills won't go to the Super Bowl, and I suspect they won't win the Super Bowl. But you have to. We've talked about fandom all the time, and honestly, this applies to Memphis, and this applies to Ole Miss, and this you have to enjoy the victories along the way. Yes, right. The the like the the for me, uh, last year. Or was it two years? What, last year, beating the hell out of the Patriots in the in the playoffs. That was two years ago. That was two years ago. Beating the hell out of the play. I yes, didn't want that matchup, but then in the end, you got the matchup, and then you you got you got the you, best case scenario. You gotta you gotta treasure those yes. moments when they come. And so, for all of you who had good weekend moments, oh, good good sports moments over the weekend, you just gotta treasure them when they come. But as I was about to say, Friday. Uh, when we were talking about the college football weekend, we mentioned that for the local teams, it was sort of a critical moment um, because it's just time. It was just like time. It was time for Memphis uh, to to it, it, they were facing this game that they just. Felt like they could not lose, could not lose and retain any dignity, you know? Yeah. And any sense of momentum or dignity. For Ole Miss, it was like, all right, fine. W- win a game that matters. W- w- Lane, when are you going to win a yeah. game that actually matters? It's, it's nice that you tweet, but uh, when are you going to win a game that matters? It was Tennessee, like. You're, let's, you're, let's see the offense. Like, you're, you, you've got all this talent around it. Like, flash. Fla- flash all that talent. And how about not losing to South Carolina two years in a row? Yeah. You know, let's let's prove that last year was not a fluke. And then, to a lesser extent, uh, we did wonder if it was an opportunity for Arkansas to make a statement. We didn't really say that about Mississippi State because we didn't think there was any chance they would make a statement. Right. But it felt like a big weekend, and for three of those teams, they rose to the moment. Um, the most dramatic of them. Obviously, Ole Miss, which was just a wild, wild, sensational college football game. Best, probably best, best game of the weekend. I mean, certainly the most fun game of the weekend. Like, I, I, if you're someone that's like, 
hey, there are two sides of the ball. And yes, that was yes. that was some horrific defense. Right, right. Like I don't I don't dispute we, we can, that. We can get to that. But right. if you're just sitting back and you didn't care who won, that game was awesome. It was wild. Uh, 1,343 yards of offense, 14 total TDs. We'll get more. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Uh, Tennessee dispatched Carolina, uh, handle South Carolina handily 41 to 20. Um, for Tennessee, it's interesting because the recipe is defense and run the football and run the football and then hit the big shots. Right. And def- yeah. and defense and run the football and defense and run the football and defense and run the football. Obviously, the Brew McCoy injury is devastating yet again for them. But uh, Tennessee, um, Scroll White was tremendous. That one yeah. catch he made was spectacular. Did he catch it with his feet, literally? <laughs> I don't know. It was absolutely spectacular. Uh, Spencer Rattler sacked six times. So Tennessee um, uh, reminds people that, yeah, they're, they're still pretty good. But I wanted to start by talking about Memphis because when Memphis was down 17 to zip, I can't tell you how many people I heard from who wanted to fire Ryan Silverfield. Like that was that was the moment that it's different from there are some people out there who want to fire Ryan Silverfield. And and there's a general discontent with the trajectory of the program, a general and justified discontent with the trajectory of the program under Ryan Silverfield. Yeah. But there hasn't been a moment of F this, fire the guy. Correct. Uh, uh, come on, enough There's is enough that is enough. Moment. Yes, there has not been a collective. There are certainly people who think they made the wrong choice. There are certainly people uh, who who think uh, it's time. There are certainly people who are unhappy and think it should have gone better. But there's not been this collective. We okay, deserve better. Like this, yes, is, this yeah. is this is it. And at seventeen nothing, it felt like. That moment that had arrived. That moment was arriving, right? It was it was bearing down upon us. And for them to rally and win 35 to 32 it 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 is not the biggest win of his career because he beat Mississippi State, he beat UCF. I think those are probably the two biggest wins of his career at Memphis. But it was the biggest didn't lose of his career. <laughs> like yes. it, it was the it was the biggest face saving, season saving comeback of his career uh, to come back and win thirty five to thirty two. And if you look up right now, Memphis is four and one. Yes, they got a bye before they play Tulane. Tulane also has a bye. That's next Friday. It's not this coming Friday. It's next Friday here in Memphis. It it may not have been pretty the way they've gotten to 4 and 1. Neither was Tulane's win over Neither over was UAB. Tulane's win over UAB. I just mean the whole yeah, the no, whole agreed. the whole stretch of the season may not have been pretty, but if I had offered you four and one before the season, everybody should have taken it. Everybody should have taken it. You would have said, Yep, that's what I want. Yep. I want to be four and one and playing Tulane that Friday night. And so it was absolutely critical that they did what they did. I'm still not sure about the team. Like yeah. they they needed 
and let us let us give a shout out to Jeffries who spell their name correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey, the thing about Jeffries who spell their name correctly mm-hmm. is uh, in big moments you can count on them. Yeah, and Jeffrey Canton Arku Arku, uh, of course Syracuse transfer uh, with the big. Uh, Absolutely, it was the game changing play. It was the game changing play. It was um, it was as it was as significant fourth as fourth and one. They decide to kick the field goal, easy field goal, nineteen yards, and instead, it is uh, an eighty yard return the other way. Yeah, completely flipped the game. I mean, that right there completely is, flipped the game. That and you win by a score. That's the that's the difference. You got the game changing play. Blake Watson uh, was good yet again, 113 rushing yards. Seth, there are moments you wonder what the hell. You know, I a little in the bit second with half Seth, he was but pretty second solid. Second half he was very good. Um, and here's the thing: he didn't he didn't turn it over. Exactly, didn't turn it over. 18 to 28, 269 yards, absolutely solid. Um, 269 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. So Seth was good. A rock was good yet again. He's very clearly his go-to receiver. Five receptions, 102 yards. Um, uh, if you bought the $60 ticket before the season began, turned out to be a good value. Yep. For you, Memphis, you're making money for you, Memphis fans, and uh, keeps your hope, faint hope, to be the Group of Five representative alive by beating a Mountain West team that you hope now Boise State and goes, you know, goes on a run. I don't think Boise State is that good either. No, but I think they have problems as well. I think they got problems. Uh, right now, you'd say Fresno and Air Force are like the yeah, two they that have are. Clearly separated they've themselves. clearly separated themselves. But Seth Hennigan said it, said it after the game. He said, if we drop to three and two, a lot of people will cross you off and forget about you. And that is 100% correct. That if Memphis had lost this game, I don't know if five of you know this, but it's Grizzlies Media Day today. Uh, Memphis Tiger basketball has fired up practice, and at three to two, people would have just moved on. Yep. And if they'd lost the way they it appeared they were going to lose, seven, you know, as they were getting routed early on, you literally would have. I don't know what the columnists, uh, Tim Buckley and Mark Giannato, who were there, whatever, would have written from that game. But if they had lost, let's project. 38 to 7, right? Yeah. The 17. What if they'd lost 38 yeah, yeah. to 7? You would have been well within your a totally reasonable column yes. to have written in if, after that would have been it's time. Yeah. What we'll are we doing? See here? how the rest what are we doing here? Yeah. Exactly right. And instead they keep it alive 4 and 1. I mean it is absolutely a pivotal pivotal swing game. Any other observations from that game? I was I, I thought they did a very good job against the run because to me the question coming into the game, Ashton Jonte had kind of established himself like it felt like Boise after their first couple of weeks kind of struggling to find their identity, they figured out like, all right, this is the guy we gotta feed. Let's start with him. And for the most part, I thought Memphis did a very good job they on him. They did a very good job on him. I mean, yes, four touchdowns, two receiving, two rushing. But he had to rush 23 times for 82 yards. Correct. You take that 100 times. What was weird was that they passed for 375 yards. Correct. Um, and I do think those are related. Because I think Memphis knew. We got to stop. We got to stop this guy. 
Like if you and get so that's what they did. And, they and schemed to stop the guy. Your your game plan you should be up, you're going to give up something. Well, you got to you got to make Green beat you with his arm. Right. And then the only thing that was interesting is because I was texting Mark, I was like, did you know they were going to play the other quarterback? Because at first I'm thinking is and he was good. Did Green get hurt? I mean that 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 kept them in the game. Yeah. Uh, and Memphis cracked 30,000 uh, in uh, attendance, 30,364. In other, we're going to do the fight song roundup here in a minute where we talked about the other games. Um, but uh, in other Memphis news, um, I was talking to Parth yesterday, and he has confirmed that DeAndre Williams, the, um, the, the, original, the original request for a waiver, as, as rumored, was denied, and they've appealed it, and that's what's happening there. But then Billy Richmond III finished his visit to the University of Memphis. His mom put up a uh, post. Our official visit to the University of Memphis hit different. Nothing compares to the hometown love shown to us. The fans coming up to Trey at the football game was insane. The staff, the team, and the university is always a great, comfortable experience for my family. We are very blessed and thankful. Thank you, Coach P, Coach Faraji, Coach Jamie, Coach Jeremy. Coach Stansberry and your team for everything and showing interest in my son. We appreciate everything. Enjoying the process. <clears throat> hashtag GTG. Hashtag Memphis. Hashtag Go Tigers. Blue Heart. Uh, is that it? What do you make of that? Uh, to me, okay, I'm, I just keep going back to kind of when I, I would cover recruiting. The only way a recruiting visit is newsworthy to me is if it doesn't go well. Like, <laughs> it should go well. Like, that's what you're, you're rolling out the blue carpet if you will like to me like that's you you checked off all the boxes i don't i don't that doesn't flip how i feel about memphis's chances one way or the other it's it's the fact that like they're clearly they well, in it they did what they were supposed exactly. to do they're in it but all that love does not mean that they're necessarily necessarily bound for the university of memphis is, is your as a experienced uh uh cover of recruiting, it does not. It does not mean it's not the same as a commitment. Correct. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, we uh, talk about college football here in a minute. Um, it is into October, but uh, they still have these stunning uh, knit shirts uh, over at O'Call. So if you're heading to a tailgate anytime soon, and they're also, by the way, in university in in in, in the colors of your favorite team. So if you want to, I don't know, you may not want to wear a maroon one right now. But uh, if you want to wear a maroon uh, knit shirt, they have them. You want to talk about schools asking, what are light, we light, doing here? Lightweight quarter zips. Crimson. Uh, you, you wear that with pride. I think you can wear, start wearing it again. <clears throat> start wearing it again. Uh, tiger blue. You can absolutely find that. Uh, red for uh, your rebs. You can do that as at least this week. Well, at least <laughs> it is uh, It is O'Call. Jeffrey's dressed in O'Call. I'm dressed in O'Call. I'm going down to media day. And, uh, and that's what happens. I... Uh, it's funny. I literally this weekend, I put on a pair of pants that were my pre-O-Call life. <laughs> and Claire said to me, we got to get you new pants. <laughs> like, you, you basically said, you look like a dork. You look like a dork. And um, and it was a reminder. It was a reminder how bad. What's upon a time? Well, the, the before and after. Like, I am a great, if, if, I, if you needed an advertisement for before and after. Uh, I am I am fabulous. Uh, it took me a it took me a while to figure out that O'Call is one of the great stores in America, but it is one of the great stores in America. And so whether it's uh, it is October, the weather has turned to October. So if you want to get in there and get some quarter zips or some other beautiful fall uh, clothing, they have that for you. But it's it's still still time you can wear those uh, 
summer comfort knit shirts in the colors of your favorite team. Go see our friends at O'Call. We're going to take a break, do Fight Song Roundup. When we return, it is Jeff Gawkins Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. I'm Trista Crick with BetQL. The Monday night game between the Seahawks and the Giants is an interesting matchup from a betting standpoint. Hot bet to consider. Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith's rushing props is 13 and a half, and although he's only hit that number once this season, he rushed for 16 or more yards in 10 of his last 11 games last season. So I love the over in this game for Geno Smith. I'm Trista Crick, helping you beat the books and bet smarter with BetQL. Download the BetMGM app today. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now, and the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Exergen thermometers are proven to be more accurate than non-contact thermometers. With children back at school, keeping them healthy is important. Clinical studies have proven that non-contact thermometers are inaccurate and can miss fevers. Accuracy matters. That's why the Exergen thermometer is trusted and used by medical professionals. Exergen thermometers are available at Walmart and other participating retailers. Choose a trusted and accurate thermometer for personal use. Learn more about why accuracy matters at exergen.com. Hey, did you know Vistaprint prints everything a small business needs? Like if a barbershop needs signage, we print outdoor signs, posters, and banners. Or if a ballet school needs merch, we print tote bags, t-shirts, hoodies, hats. Or if a coffee shop needs a total refresh, Vistaprint designs logos and prints it on menus, mugs, paper bags, anything. Because with Vistaprint, the printabilities are endless. Print it all with 25% off for new customers with code NEW25 at vistaprint.com. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You've got a leaky flat or metal roof on your commercial building and they're saying you need a new roof? No, no, no. Just call Joe. Joe Stallmaker, that is. 901 Waterproofing and Roof Coatings. They can restore your existing roof with a quality coating system and can save you up to 70%. The roof coating systems extend the life of your roof and come with a 5 to 15 year leak-free warranty so you get the benefits of a new roof without the huge expense. So call Joe Stallmaker today, 901-287-1923 or visit 901waterproofing.com. Ah, not again. Let me tell you about my man Tom. He had some serious bad luck. And one day he said to me, when is my luck going to change? And I was like, you need to go to Tunica, bro. And he was like, yeah, good idea, bro. Tom was winning big money. People were cheering and kissing. My man was like, this is amazing. His losing streak was finally over. Man, I cannot believe my luck. Believe it, because when you're in Tunica, you're always a winner. 
It's game on at Samstown Hotel and Gambling Hall, Tunica. Win big in our sports book where you can join us on Saturday, October 21st to watch all the action in UFC 294. Win with your taste buds when you dine in one of our food venues, including Willie and Jose's. Try traditional Mexican dishes along with making your own burritos, tacos, and bowls. Be a winner any way you play and anytime you stay. Only at Samstown Tunica. See Boyd Rewards for full details. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-777-9696. Are you a maintenance mechanic, diesel mechanic, welder, or a compactor repair person? Are you looking for a different kind of company and culture to be a part of? At Waste Connections and Team Waste, our employees reap the benefit of realizing their potential with our trust and full support. As a second chance company, we offer competitive pay, a sign-on bonus, tuition reimbursement, tool reimbursement for our mechanics, and at the end of every workday, you get to be home. Our culture is built on taking care of each other and the communities we serve. Apply today at careers.wasteconnections.com and become a part of a great team of people. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in your pocket in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. They've got great deals. The app's easy to use, wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. FanDuel's great, too, for the non-expert. They've got a bunch of pre-made bets. Come on in, have a little fun. Visit FanDuel.com slash Smith and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash J-S-M-I-T-H. It's on FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and of 929FM ESPN. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline at one 800 889-9789. Something smoking in Cordova, John. What's that? It's Topps Barbecue's newest location in Cordova, and they are now open. What's that now? Their 18th location here? Sure is, but the first one in my neighborhood, so I'm fired up. You're fired up, and so are those smokers. Hickory smoked pork, ribs, tender brisket. Can't forget the world-class burgers, the fire-braised chicken sandwich, fries, mac and cheese, and so much more. It's time to sink your teeth into all the deliciousness that Topps Barbecue has to offer. Now open at 79 960 Cordova Road at Germantown Parkway. At Staples, you can count on every project being print perfect, guaranteed. I need invitations and posters printed, and they have to be perfect. I need beautifully bound booklets and presentations for my business. Your invitations and booklets will be in captivating color and will be done right every time. That's Staples Print Big Promise. And right now at Staples, get $50 off your print purchase of $150 or more. Try Staples and see the difference. Ends 1014. Exclusions apply. See associate or visit staples.com slash print for details. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I think my battery's dead. With free battery testing and charging, we can help you get back on the road. Get in zone. So what if I need a new one? No problem. We have the right battery for your car, starting at only $89.99. Get in zone. And what about my old battery? We can recycle it right here at America's number one battery destination. Restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? I'm Danny Parkins, based out of Chicago. This is my buddy, Andrew Filipponi. He's based out of Pittsburgh. You really got to check out our podcast, First and Pod. Twice a week, we're going to break down the NFL after Thursday night football and Sunday night football. It's every team. It's every game. It's all 32 teams. We give you a complete picture, and we get into it. We don't kiss each other's fannies on this show. New episodes of First and Pod available when you wake up every Monday and Friday morning. 
streaming throughout the football season in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to home comfort, there's only one name you need to remember. That's Landmark Heating and Air Conditioning. Still family-owned and operated, we've been keeping you comfortable with superior service and exceptional products for over 50 years. Whether it's routine maintenance, emergency service, or a complete new system, our trained, professional, and friendly staff is always ready to assist you. For all your home comfort needs, we are the comfort company you can trust. Call us today at 365-4260 or visit us at LandmarkHeatingAndAir.com. appear on the Frame Corner phone lines. Frame Corner, with expert custom and do-it-yourself framing since 1975 on Park Avenue in East Memphis. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. One of the great things about Monday is that it's only two days from Wednesday, and on Wednesday, you can go to Bounty and get 25-cent martinis between 5 and 6. Uh, and while you're there, you can get the uh, pork belly confit, get the fried oysters, get the lamb shank. I'm just focusing on my favorites, I'll be honest. Like, you'll have your own favorites. You go there, go there with a group, get a table of food, get the fries. The fries are just a tangle of fries with all kinds of great stuff on them. Like, I don't know how to describe them exactly. They're sensational. It's a beautiful restaurant. Old restored building right there on Broad Avenue. Also on Wednesday... Half-price bottles of wine, half-price glasses of wine. Monday, only two days from Wednesday. It is Bounty on Broad, 410-813-1251 and Broad Avenue. All right, Jeffy, let's do the fight song roundup. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Prove I'm Because right I still got a lot of fight left in me. University of Memphis wins 35-32 to 32 to keep hope alive. Now, Jeffrey, you were looking at a stat, though, Oh, while well, during the break. Yep. Bill Conley's uh, post-game win expectancy. So how the game was played on a down-to-down basis. Yeah. It, given what happened. Correct. Given what happened, won. based on how each team played down-to-down, what would you expect the result to be? And Boise had a post-game win expectancy of 75%. But it's That's the, the game. resilient. It, it goes to the, the game-changing play, right? The game-changing play submitted by a Jeffrey. It's the block field. It goal. is funny. If you're someone who's out on Ryan Silverfield, this was a bad was day tough. for you. Like, <laughs> like I, I that that. That is because it's the kind of win that's going to get you to, to seven wins and maybe eight when you look eight. at the rest. When you, no, look, when you at look at the rest of the schedule, the, the AAC has got that Houston State on it, I look at it, right it right this now. way. Everything's in front of them now. Now they got you got Tulane at home. You got one big game and then you can A really big game and then you and stack can, some wins. Exactly, and you can stack some wins. I mean, South Florida's pluckier than maybe would have been predicted. They are, but right? you're better than they are. But you, you will be. You will not be favored against Tulane. But if you beat Tulane, you'll be favored in every game down the stretch. And maybe SMU, although I maybe don't know. SMU, I still don't, I don't know, know what SMU is. So this is your it's an opportunity to put together. And again, four and one, what the hell did you want? This is exactly. This is what we want. This is what you should have signed up for. we saw the schedule, we're like, okay, they could be four and one heading into that Tulane game. Yes. Guess what? They're four and one heading into that Tulane game. Plus, by the way. 
You had D'Angelo, D'Angelo Williams brought to tears at halftime, plus two separate proposals, wedding proposals, in the stadium over the uh, Saturday, both apparently completed. Which also, not to take this all the way back to golf, but you knew Friday was a bad day for Team USA when apparently there was uh, there were reports of a American fan proposing to his girlfriend, and it was not clear that she said yes. Ugh. You got two yeses. They must have gone to Robert Irwin Jewelers. They must have gone. The only thing I can assume. Also, we got to talk about, where did they dust up the the D'Angelo NASCAR? It looks spiffy. I want to know what that thing smelled like in the inside whenever they found it. <laughs> that thing had to have been mothballed. Uh, looked magnificent to me. Anyway, that was all. No, they, they, they polished it up nicely. Good weekend at, for the University of... Memphis. I think this may be the first time we've played the fight song because we haven't made have we played it before? Let's be honest. The other wins weren't all that they were kind of maybe did we play it for Navy? No. They just weren't let's be honest. This is the first one that I think we blew up Arkansas State. I think we blew up Arkansas State after. So uh congratulations to uh the University of Memphis. It's also a reminder we can we can nitpick football all we want. Sometimes football can be as simple as what did you do? when you had chances to score. Memphis had four scoring drives, and they get touchdowns every time. Boise has five scoring drives, or six, really six scoring drives. They got a field goal. They got four touchdowns, a field goal, and then they have the field goal block for the touchdown. Big day for the Jeffries. All right, who's next? Well, that was something. Ole Miss wins 55-49, to defeating LSU. Biggest win of Lane Kiffin's tenure, you'd have to say. 1,343 yards of offense, 14 touchdowns. Ole Miss goes up. LSU goes up. Ole Miss surges back to take the lead. Jackson Dart, absolutely terrific. 26 of 39, 289 yards, four touchdowns. Ran another seven times for 50. It was the best game of yeah, his career by Easily far. the best game of his career. It helped to have Trey Harris back, obviously, and that's something you pointed out early. And Caden Prescorn. Like, I know Caden's numbers didn't pop off the page, but Caden, all three of catches for Caden were on Huge. like massive third Huge. downs where it's like, oh God, we need this. So, and, and I, when, when Trey Harris went out earlier in the year, you pointed out that's a big loss for them because what he, it meant for them. Um, Quinchon Judkins was terrific. He looked like Quinchon Judkins. He looks like people expected. 33 yards, 33 carries, 177 yards. Um, it's not like LSU. It's not like Jaden Daniels uh, wasn't sensational himself. No, he had 150. He had like five total yards. He had five throws where I was just like, I don't even know what you do with that. Like there was some of his touchdown throws were just so perfect that there was nothing you could do. And where I give Ole Miss credit is. You know, the, the joke of we are Ole Miss, just the finding finding ways to lose. You score, you know, Kiffin's sitting there, up, you know, going nuts because Trey Harris scored right. and that left LSU with time. time. And then right off the bat, LSU hits like a 42-yard pass play. And you're and immediately two thinking. Two shots, two shots to win, and you're just ready for heartbreak. Well, then you had another situation where, you know, Jaden Daniels escapes and you have the horse collar. Right. All right, well, now they got the ball to 15, and everybody's thinking, oh, we know what's going to happen. They drop an interception that would have ended the game, and I just give them credit. They, they made a couple more plays than LSU did. 
That game was nuts. Um, two things. How do you feel about the field storming? I've, I've turned the corner on it. I've started to think about it this way. Presumably kids get four years of college football as fans. Uh-huh. They want to go and storm the field. No, but then, then there's then, then I do think you could. I, I don't object to field storming, although I know it's dangerous, whatever else. And whatever. Sure, but, but then I think you have to you have to ask then, did this justify a field storming? And I think it did. Absolutely. This of course thing, it did. This game was incredible. Incredible game. Even if, like, you can argue that a if you'd beaten them 33 to 13, yeah, it wouldn't have exactly. A field it's storming. it's it's the fashion that it was it's in. It's the manner of the exactly yes. the, the exuberance that created that. Um, well, this team, LSU had national title aspirations. What we can, what we the, can, let me, let me ask you this. Though. What the hell, how in the world can LSU, which has one of the best defensive players in America on its team, by the way, maybe two, maybe two. How can it have a defense that horrific? So there, what the real question is, is how does DBU have so many just not good defensive backs because really that's what it it boiled down to. They are banged up in the secondary, and so they're playing guys that were not expected to be contributors coming into the year. But I mean, that's really the problem. Is like they they cannot cover anyone. Like that's that's what's truly shocking to me is watching LSU secondary be that helpless. Ole Miss has Arkansas. Next, uh, but it's got to be feeling pretty good about themselves right now after that huge win. Again, you got to be huge win for Memphis. Huge win for Ole Miss. You got to be feeling pretty good about yourself. But like now, the question Not is, yet. you know, letdown spot. Like you know, Arkansas's lost three straight games. Arkansas's getting banged up, but Arkansas's a team that has given them hell the last fifteen years. You know, what are you going to do in this game? Arkansas is not in our. Uh, we're neither celebrating nor blowing up Arkansas. Arkansas loses to AM 34 to 22. AM defense. They couldn't run the football. They, they Seven got, sacks, 15 yeah. tackles for loss. The AM defensive um, line is starting to produce what their talent level KJ is. KJ Jefferson, 129 total yards, seven sacks. It, it, was a, uh, it was a mess for Arkansas. And. AM has Alabama next week. Yep. At home. Massive game. And the line's only like two and a half right now for Alabama. All right. Uh, who's next? You know, I don't know that uh, beating South Carolina is justifies necessary, but I was reprimanded by one of our listeners because we didn't play Tennessee last week. And I'm like, it's, last week's one didn't justify, you know, whatever. But this week, you're beating South Carolina handily 41-20. Revenge for last week. Uh, Spence gave Spencer Rattler hell with six sacks. 123 yards for Jalen Wright. You run the football. You play defense. Get a great performance from Squirrel White. And that seems to be the recipe and honestly, I don't know that it's going to be good enough this year, but with Georgia looking pedestrian, who the hell knows? Yeah, I'm actually totally fine playing Tennessee this week because this was the type of performance that I've been waiting to see from Tennessee. Do I think South Carolina is going to wind up being, you know, uh, the type of resume win that's going to lift you up? No. no. But I wanted to see Tennessee control a game, 
flash, look like they're capable of looking like on offense, and they did so pretty much for the entire game. Like, I, I was very impressed with them. Yes, South Carolina's offensive line has put Spencer Rattler's life in danger all season. But he has surmounted it. Correct. He's been spectacular and he, all and season. He and had he was nothing. Not. He, there were no answers. And I thought I thought this was very impressive by Tennessee. So how do you now assess the uh, SEC East? Obviously, we'll get to Kentucky here in a moment. But Kentucky thrashing Florida. Uh, Georgia surviving. Uh, thanks yeah, to Brock Georgia's, Bowers being sensational. Georgia's problem was they turned the football over. Like if you look at if you look at what Auburn was able to do to score, they turned two turnovers into touchdowns. After that, they just got basically two field goals, one of which came off like a 65-yard quarterback run. But every time Auburn had to actually throw the football, like I I never actually felt like Georgia was gonna lose that game, even though maybe you could make the argument you should have. But, I mean... So how do you assess the East? At this point, if Tennessee is able to hit shot plays against Georgia, they're going to have a chance. The problem is, if Hendon Hooker couldn't do it last year, I don't know how I'm supposed to expect that they're going to this year. But the game is at home, and perhaps, like, I am open to the idea. And with Kentucky, Kentucky has matched up extremely well under Mark Stoops with Florida. They have not had the success against Georgia and Tennessee. So I'm very curious about this week. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to run power, like the power run play like Kentucky did on Georgia. But if they do, I'm sitting there. I'm open to the idea that that Kentucky team is really good because turns out they might have gotten the most impactful transfer. Ray Davis from Sandy. Yes. Uh, Holy, holy hell. crap. He had 150 total yards in the first quarter alone. Uh, we'll get to that one. Um, next. broke my heart. Uh, no offense to Notre Dame and, and all you Notre Dameers out there, but my son was at this game. And uh, and I would have liked him for to get the, as you point out, you get so many years of college football, yep. you would have liked a big home win. And he did have the Clemson win. He wasn't there for that one. It's on him. It's on, <laughs> that's fair. Mm-hmm. Harsh but fair. Uh-huh. Uh, he's joining the bandwagon a little late. Uh, Duke leads 14-13, 51 seconds left. Sam Hartman runs for a first down on fourth and 16. And then, yeah, and then uh, they score. Riley Leonard comes back, gets hurt. And uh, I mean, that's, that's the problem. That's is because what you, what Duke clearly proved in this game is they are good. But they're good if they have Riley Leonard. Riley right. Leonard is that big of a difference maker for them. Like, I know his numbers didn't jump off the page, but when you were watching. When you're watching Duke play, you're like, this guy's incredible. Like, I don't care that he's 12 of 27 for 134. Like, you can just tell, like, that guy is extremely good at football. Sam Hartman waiting for him outside the medical tent. Classy moment by the Notre Dame QB. I don't know about Notre Dame, but Marcus Freeman certainly needed this one. You know? like Oh, especially after the way that they lost the week before. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, huge. All right, what's next? Wins 48-41 to 41 over Colorado. Game started out to be... You know what? In fact, I think we could be playing the wrong song here, Jeffrey. Uh, I, I, but, think we're, I think we could be playing the wrong song here. Uh, so you want to... I want to switch. This? I want to play 
Yeah. This is more of a, this was, remember we were talking about moral victories last week, yeah. Jeffrey? Statement losses? Statement losses? Yes. You come back, you're about to get, it, feel, it feels like you're going to get blown out by USC after being blown out by Oregon. And instead, Shadur Sanders is sensational. 30 of 45, 371 yards, four touchdowns, ran for another. Omari and Miller. He's oh, a, he's without, a his, without his weapons. Seven of 197 for 196. That throw that he threw on fourth and five into the in, from to Miller for the touchdown, it was crazy, insane. Like that was a statement lost by Colorado. There's no question. And like I never felt like USC was going to lose, to lose no, the game. No, I didn't either. But at the same time, like, I don't know. The, the problem that I had with this game was I I believe in Colorado's offense. Like, I know whatever happened at Oregon, but I also think Oregon's defense is the best in that league by a long shot. The problem that I just keep seeing when I watch this game, it's like every Lincoln-Riley team's the same. I don't care if it's in Norman, Oklahoma. Well, what's, and then it's in what's LA. the thing is, is, so Caleb Williams is great again. 406 yards, six touchdown passes, et cetera. There, there is a the Heisman comes. To, there's, a, there is definitely a thing called Heisman board. Oh, there's no question. And so people, but there's reason why winning else. it twice in a row is the, a big part of it is it's Heisman board. Like, exactly. Yeah, we did. We seen that. We well, know also good. when you win the Heisman, then you start getting compared to the best year of your career. And if you take even a like a half step back, it gets held against you. Does this game? So then you have a situation where. In college football right now, it may be as wide open and like who's great as any year that I can recall. And does this game, in fact, reflect particularly well on Oregon? Does it does it suggest to you that Oregon could be the best team in the country? Or is it Michigan? Or is it Ohio State? Or is it Penn State? Or is it Florida State? Or is it Texas? Or is it Georgia? Or is it Washington? Or is it USC? Or is it Alabama, for God's sakes? Who is the best team in the country? So I still am going to – my default is it's Georgia until proven otherwise. But it doesn't feel overwhelming. But it does – I think the biggest difference between this year and other years is – the top of the sport has come back to the pack. And so, but like, what we're going to see is Oregon looks great against Colorado. But where Oregon is going to be susceptible is to a team like Washington that can bomb it deep. Those types of teams are going to give them problems. But we also see with a team like Washington, all right, well, if you play if you play a team in Arizona that like plays super pesky hard and can keep well, your... Thing. We saw a bunch of teams who sort of slept in, just like Georgia. Yeah. Georgia, Penn State, Washington, none of them impressive, particularly this weekend, in winning. Yes. Holding, doing what they had to do, but none particularly impressive in winning. It's weird to me. A lot of people say transfer portal. Oh, well, the transfer portal. I don't really understand that because what the transfer portal... It also gives the best teams in the country... You can scout who's good from the crappier teams and then just scoop them off because you have better resources than anybody else. So in addition to getting the best recruits, you can now go get the best transfers. I don't really understand why the transfer portal leads to more parity. So I think the biggest reason that it leads to more parity is that while the best teams can still, you know, 
supplement their roster yeah, like you're, you're talking about. You can go get Jameer Gibbs, you know? What it has allowed is middle-tier teams to go. Like, it's killing the G5. If you look at P5 versus G5 this year, it, it's been a bloodbath because of that's like where you're getting. And so while maybe like you pre-score, basically. Correct. Like maybe like you don't have a maybe you don't have a first round dude, but maybe you got a third rounder or a fourth rounder. And the gap in talent there is much more reasonable than the tap the gap between first rounder and guy that's never gonna sniff playing on Sundays. And the other thing is, I think this is a big part of it. While the SEC has always been like, oh, it just means more, it just means more. I think what you're starting to see is in the NIL above board era, it's a lot harder for them to dominate. Right. Because, because they're not, they're not, USC they and Texas. Cheat, correct. They were more willing to cheat. Correct. But now that it's all above board, Correct. the South is not 